It's no surprise that updating the electricity grid today will make for a better tomorrow. Increased self-sufficiency is just one of the benefits. The Great Grid upgrade will also boost the economy and create new green jobs. And best of all, you can continue doing the things you love, like watching the latest epic nature documentary or listening to this podcast while caring for the planet too. Find out more at nationalgrid.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the podcast, the Nature and Countryside podcast from BBC Country Farm magazine. I'm Fergus Collins and welcome to this lovely season of mindful escapes into the green outdoors as autumn descends into winter. And now that the clocks have gone back in the UK, we're heading into the very dark days. So it feels like a good time to let a burst of light and song into our lives. This week, we're heading back to spring and an adventure I took in the new forest with naturalist Dominic Cousins. Dominic is brilliant at recognising birds by their song and he gives some very clever tips to help you learn them too. And don't forget to leave likes and feedback on whichever podcast provider you use and you can email me on editor at countryfile.com. I'll tell you something uh, nice about chiffchaffs, by the way. Yeah. Um, so I don't know how well you can hear it, but it's sort of again, chiff chaff, chiff chaff, chiff chaff, chiff chaff, chaff like that. And... Um, the scientific name of chiffchaff is Philoscopus colibita. Now, Philoscopus means an examiner of leaves, which is kind of nice. That's nice, yeah. And colibita is Greek for, I think it's Greek for money changer. Well, so the idea not, is that yeah. an old money changer in, in Greek times will have had piles of coins. Yeah. And the idea is that every time he or she puts a coin on a different pile, it would make a slightly different Ching. noise, yeah. a slightly different thing. So here's a sort of 10 denarius yeah. chiff and a 5 denarius chaff. I know I'm mixing my Roman and Greek. So you get the that, yeah. impression but anyway. That was all looking a, terribly impressive until I did that, wasn't that it? Was, <laughs> but that's a, I, I didn't know that. That's fascinating. That's, that's a nice name, yeah, isn't it? Great and how clever. And I wonder when that do you have any idea when that emerged? That uh, well, it was Linnaeus. So he decided uh, on that yes. name. Um, back what in the uh, 18th century, Swedish. Wasn't it? Swedish. Swedish. Yeah. And he called the um, chaffinch, which is literally just flying over, going choop. Um, oh, yeah. He called it Fringilla Celebs. Yeah. And uh, Celebs is um, bachelor. Fringilla Celebs. Uh, Fringilla means finch, and bachelor means. Uh, <laughs> Celebs means bachelor. And in Sweden, where he lived, in winter all the females would migrate away and the, the males would stay. It's called differential migration. So That's this is when different yeah. profiles of a population do different migrations. Mm. And so the males would stay put so that when the winter was over they'd be on territory. The females had no worries about territories, so in the autumn they would migrate to... Uh, better, easier climates. So presumably a lot of males died in the winter. Yeah, 
Yeah. But the ones that survive got the territories. Yeah. And when you get the territory, you get the girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, plenty um, to choose from as well, because they all survived and have been exactly. feeding. So that's called differential migration. And sometimes you get it in, um, uh, for example, with gulls. So um, young gulls will sometimes have completely different movements to adults. A lot of birds do differential yeah. migration. So when we, when we do those, I know we've done some migration pieces with you yeah. in the magazine, and we've really simplified some of the, the maps of to and fro, but as you're saying, yes. this is much more complicated than... Oh, there's a, absolutely, and, and beautifully elegant. I mean, mm. we... Oh, uh, that's a... <laughs> I was about to point out bird prey and, it, and discovered it's a, a plane, so that's kind <laughs> of embarrassing. Um... Your hawfinches have, have not, have not appeared, have they? Do they make a distinctive call? They do, um, but it's easily over... No, I don't know what the word for not heard is. It's not... Overlooked is wrong, but anyway, over-listened. Yeah, under, um, under-listened. Under-listened. It makes a sort of sp call. Sp, sp. As I'm saying this, I'm sort of spit is, saliva is coming out of my mouth. So <laughs> the rule is never talk to people closely about hawfinches. <laughs> yes, well, you only ever do it once. Yeah, that's um, right. And then, yes, you, yes. That's curious, but we haven't heard any of that, have we? I don't no, I hope I'm not losing my <laughs> hawfinches well, as long as my, but I will, my yeah. gold crest. But um, it is quite high-pitched, not entirely dissimilar to the tick of a robin. Right. There is a robin singing right on cue. Should we potter off to new... I'd like to talk about robins. Should we potter over there? Potter to the robin, yeah. I wanted to bring you over here to listen to a robin. You think, what do you want to listen to a robin for? Well, the reason is that um, it's one of the commonest bird songs you're going to hear throughout the year. So that's what's punctuating me at the moment and gassing on. So... I have a tip for people who want to learn robins, and it pertains a little bit to what we're doing today. The robin is the answer to an inaudible interviewer. Okay? Okay. So, so this is a... there's a gap between phrases. So now there's a question going on, and now hopefully the robin will make a noise. There we go. They always stop there. Okay, so that one went dilly dee dee dee. Now I'm going to ask another question, but you can't hear it. And that's the reply. That it's different. Yeah. I see. So, it's so I'm asking the question, but you can't hear it. But the robin is doing the answer. Okay? So every phrase is different because it's an answer to a different question. Mm. And it has a pause. Yeah. That was a very short answer. That was probably, do you like Boris Johnson? <laughs> or something like that. So we another don't short... hear what the answer was. No, well, only the robin knows the answer. <laughs> so this is quite, I hope, a useful tip for people. So it's, the, it's effectively an interviewee, but you can't hear the question. So that one That's went... Clever. So I'm going to literally ask a few questions and hopefully have a different answer. This is a wild bird, so it may yeah. not work. So, Robin, how do you feel today? having to think, isn't it? I knew this wouldn't work. Okay, so yeah. dee, 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 is Quite the answer. Beat, yeah, yeah not bad, you yeah. know. Nice what morning. did you have for your breakfast? So it's... it. Okay, dee, 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 dee. Mm. 
muesli and, uh, and obviously and, and uh, bacon puff I think yeah, yeah it's done well and so then I can ask another question what do you think of Fergus Collins as a human being and it had Very quite a perfunctory answer there actually for, <laughs> so that's the idea I behind um, cheerful. <laughs> <laughs> now if we were listening to a Dunnock or a Wren the answers would all be more or less the same. I see, yeah. yeah. Okay, so... Oh, that's really interesting. Well, that's a great way of... I think it's quite a melancholic sound. It's also quite melancholic. I always think of uh, robins as sort of sitting at the base of a tree, uh, smoking pot, actually. (laughs) Very sort of mellow, relaxed, hey man, kind of thing. Uh, Of course you can't say that on on a podcast, can you? You can say it, and I can't... Yeah, I have um, never inhaled... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I don't think the robin has either. No. Uh, that's great. So that's a great little exercise for identifying robins. Hopefully it will work throughout the year too yeah, yeah. because they, they are absolutely... Sometimes you can do bird songs literally by the structure. So, for example, if we were thinking about a great two, which we haven't heard today... Very weirdly. No, oddly, especially yeah. now. Very yeah. strange. But every day is different. But a great two just goes, teacher, teacher, teacher... Usually just three times, maybe four, possibly five, but never more really than that. So, and that's two notes repeated several times. Then there's a gap, and then the exact same notes repeated again. And that's a structure that you can get into. Yeah. And very few other birds are anything like that. Yeah. So just Dominic with his amazing eyes. We were just walking along a track, and he spotted a a wood mouse popping its head out of a hole and I just saw its little sort of conical face it's just dipped down as yeah, I'm it's gone into a, yeah, into a hole a very clear hole isn't it at the, uh, yeah. at, the, at, the end of a, at the end of a of course they're nocturnal so it's nice to see yeah. a wood mouse out in the day, I mean they do faff around during the day sometimes there we go, wood mouse hole but as absolutely fantastic little animal yeah, yeah. And, and a key part of this uh, there's a food chain here. Yeah. yeah. And an absolute um, live wire. You sometimes um, get them in um, humane traps. So I've yeah. done that for teaching people about mammals. And they, they're basically sort of, they want to kill you. Really? Oh, yes. <laughs> More they, than a hawfinch. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, the hawfinch has the tools, but uh, the, the mouse um, has the attitude. The mouse has all the attitude, and it, it will bite. But there's another one called a yellow neck mouse, which is effectively a wood mouse on steroids. And that's an even more. And that is just an incredible thing. It can just, it can jump about um, a metre. Really? Straight from the... Yeah, from a standing Hello there, hello. Yeah, I've seen it do it. it, um, Right, I don't think I've seen a yellow neck mouse. No, they're quite, they're quite, well, they're not very well known. They're, They're scarcer. They tend to be associated with ancient woodland. And obviously here in the forest we have lots and lots of ancient woodland. Ancient woodland being 400 years of forest cover. So continuous forest cover. For 400 years, years, yeah. Anyway, this is a great tip. This is the one I was talking about, the structure. Repeating. Uh, This is the teacher one. Teacher, teacher. It's great tit. I was once um, outside my garden and my... um, car had a flat tyre so I took a foot pump out because I needed to drive it to garage and uh, I went 
pressed the foot pump and then graked it, responded. Really? To yeah. your foot pump? Because the foot pump goes... <laughs> it really did. It was um, stimulated. Um, yeah, so, yeah, and the Dunnock is... The Dunnock is a sort of flat, flat cyclical warble. Yeah. So we were talking about robins earlier, and every phrase is different. It's very inventive. Whereas the Dunnock tends to sing pretty much the same warble. Obviously, if you were to analyse it closely, it's probably quite varied. But to our ears, it just sounds it's like squeaky. That. It's a squeaky trolley. So you're in the hospital. <laughs> They've woken you up after yeah. your operation. And yeah, there's a trolley coming with your, your breakfast. Fingers back on after a whole exactly. <laughs> Very good, yeah. And the sound of the trolley's wheels yeah, sounds a uh, bit like a donut. <laughs> I was saying to the podcast team recently that I heard someone pushing a, I think it was a wheelchair. Oh, yeah. There's someone yeah. in which was someone pushing it, and the sound was the wheel going around, just had that sort of uneven. Yes. Donnicky sound, so I yep. really wanted to creep up behind with a recorder <laughs> and then compare the two, but I thought that would be weird and probably not. Why would why would any. being weird stop you, Fergus? Well, no, you could have had a breakthrough. It has for 50 years. It could uh, be a breakthrough, couldn't it? <laughs> it's Wren now yeah. singing. Um, so actually it's nice because we've had Robin, Wren and Dunnock. Robin, Dunnock and Wren. I'm not sure how much Dunnock you got. Not a lot, but we're sure we'll, we, we definitely should have lots of time, get it? some more. And Wren is the other member of that group. There we go, that's the, that's the Wren. It's a bit distant. And uh, you get things like stag beetles here with their remarkable life cycle. There's a good, good population of them in the Very forest. Very good forest, forest really population, good. Yeah. What sort of time of year? I seem to remember them as sort of May, June time. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're midsummer insects, really. Yeah. But, in fact, uh, they spend the winter as adults. They Do they? They, survive, autumn, yeah. they survive as, as adults? In, well, they have four to six years as a grub. Right. And then they spend a few months as adults, so uh, so secreted away. So they're deep, bur- mm. four years deep, bur- yes. rather boring, mm. uh, totally boring life. Boring, literally, yes. Uh, boring and then they have a sort of uh, few months of... Yeah. Well, you know, with invertebrates, one of the things people often say, and one of the remarkable things about insects, is that mayflies only live for a day. You've heard that. Yes. Well, obviously, in fact, it's often considerably less than a day in the adult stage. So they will live, the males particularly, will sometimes live for about two hours or three hours as adults. And that's it. That's all they copulate, and that's the end of it. But, of course, they can have two years in the water prior to that. And so they don't just live for a day. They live for a bit longer than that. And, of course, every insect in the forest will be alive. Mm. Nothing's going to be dead. Everything's alive all the time. Everything's alive. It's It's either an egg, a larva, a pupa, or an adult, if it's an invertebrate, um, an insect, if it has that longer lifestyle. Um, It's still alive. It's all here, obviously. And so you've always got to make sure you preserve all the bits of... Uh, yeah, and that's why dead wood's so important, yeah. and leaf piles and things like that, yeah. which is exactly the stuff that people clear up in their gardens. Exactly. Is, um, I, I you know, sometimes have to wrestle with that. So we all like wrestle. It. Remember, we are yeah. giving you some slack, everyone, some slack. Yes, you might want to tidy. If you have a... If your well-being depends on having a tidy garden, have a tidy garden. It's not... Other people can have untidy gardens and, and uh, 
It's It'll just help, but if you don't want to help, then help in another way, I suppose is what I'm saying. Gotcha. gotcha. But the other, the other point I'm impressing is that, trying to impress, is that when it comes to invertebrates and insects, you're actually, effectively, you've got four species for every species mm. of most insects. Some only don't have um, a pupil stage. Um, so their metamorphosis is not so. So complete. they go through various stages of life. Yeah. But so the be- a beetle's just two, though, isn't it? Be- no, beetles are four. Do you, including the egg. Egg, as well? egg, yeah. larva, pupa, yeah. and so are bees. Actually, bees also have all four. Uh, okay. They're yeah. fully uh, metamorphosis. Uh, so obviously, so do butterflies. But there's a few other dragonflies don't have a pupal stage, for example. Right, I guess you, yes, they just, they just go bugs. straight from larva. So. Bugs don't either. And I mean hemiptera, yeah. the group of animals called bugs. Yes, like which lots of people aphids. think are beetles. But that's yeah, really it's, a, it's a reasonable standard term for all invertebrates, but it is also a specific term for a group which have a, an enlarged rostrum, which they use for sucking. So like, a, like a tube, aphids. So there's a mouth part. Yeah, the mouth part of a, a straw. It's yeah. like a... An aphid just goes around with a permanent straw attached to it. Right, just so. sucking the life out of my broad beans. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry about your broad beans. Yeah, yeah. And aphids, I mean, aphids are simply extraordinary, but one of the things they do is they reproduce without any sex, so they do yeah. parthenogenesis. And an aphid can give birth to a partially grown aphid, which is itself pregnant. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I don't... I mean, I... I they're extraordinary. So anybody who grows vegetables or keeps roses yeah. will know that you can go out one day, everything's great. Yeah, Next that's why day, they produce so quickly. Yeah. Suddenly. Well, generation they, happens in about a week. Yeah, and so you and I have said, oh, well, our generation, you know, was different and we were a baby yeah, boomer. Yeah. Well, an aphid's always a baby boomer. It is, <laughs> you know, they boom the whole time. Yes, it's very difficult to keep up with an aphid if it's, if it's producing yes. young that are already yes. pregnant. And you don't get sort of aphids, oh, youngsters these days, they don't just don't appreciate this sap. <laughs> <laughs> they don't have time to say that. No, no, it's a... It's a the up generation. So you might have great, great, great grandparents living alongside there. But yes. then they don't live for very long. They don't live for very long, no. But they migrate, you see. They don't. They get wafted right. over enormous distances. This is another thing people people often don't hear about is insect migration. They might hear about moths sometimes and butterflies. And, 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 uh, and painted ladies. I think painted ladies, painted famous, painted but hoverflies. Mm. There's a hoverfly called the, I think it's called the marmalade hoverfly. And sometimes in a, in a, during a British summer, they get wafted over on, on um, summer breezes from the continent. And the, then it's estimated that there could be up to four billion of them Four billion, just Four wafting, billion wafting over. Hoverflies from... arrive in the summer, yes. Oh, Four it... billion, that's quite a lot. That is a lot. That's a sort of. And so they just, they'll arrive in our gardens and we think, mm. oh, they've just hatched out of. Yeah, exactly, uh, but they'll be, actually might have been in France the day before. Right. And, you know, to, to plug, that's the sort of fact that we've put in the recent. Book, um, well, there we go. By, a really by Dom's spider. Yes, absolutely. That, wasn't it? Yes. But we I now interrupt this podcast. Yeah, to read. It's so much sponsors. fun, though, finding yeah. out about, about insect lifestyles yeah, to write the book. And, you know, where that comes from, there are so many other incredible things. That, and the other thing is that these are on your doorstep. There are um, things on your doorstep that are simply incredible. Mind-blowing. 
I'm sorry if you haven't seen a brimstone butterfly. Just no, to sort I'm of talk about sort of early spring insects, yes. like a big yellow handkerchief flying by. But there's no. It is uh, like a. I yeah. I haven't yeah, seen. I must a, admit, I've never actually seen a handkerchief flying by, so I don't know how good that no, is. It, it's how I imagine it might fly. Mm, yeah. Quite imaginative, really. Are you? you should be the editor of a mag <laughs> or something like that. Yeah, one day I'll try that. Yeah, you should. Yeah. We wander down. So where are we heading? Well, what we'll do now is there's a lovely big patch of um, deciduous wood down at the bottom of the hill. So we're still in holly woodland here, basically, aren't we? Yeah, so we're walking through a holly section, and next to the deer enclosure, we will um, see a, a very beautiful, quite old, mainly oak wood, and we have at least a chance of hearing a, or even seeing a lesser spotted woodpecker. That would be. That would be interesting. It's a song thrush. Song thrush yeah. Repeating its slogan. Keep safe, keep safe, keep yeah. safe. Very pure. Wear a mask, next. wear a mask, wear a mask. <laughs> um, um, and I, I think this might be a firecrest. Yeah, there's lots of firecrests around here. Yeah, firecrest. Yeah. Can, can you? I think it's in this ivy. Yeah. Look, it's uh, flying at the very top of the middle of the three trees. It's covered with ivy. If yeah. you go to the top, it looks like a candelabra. Yeah. Um, it is um, floating around in the ivy clump. So that song, I'm just going to record sure. this song because we've never got it on the podcast before. But it's a sort of urgent, high-pitched... Do it again. You saw it. I didn't. I don't have the eyes. I just don't have. It's really ex- there. And you can actually. So if you go, yeah, uh, go up the tree. There's um. Oh, there's I see. A yes, it goes at forty-five, and it's just above that in the yeah. ivy. And in the background, there's a song thrush singing too. Yeah, I see it. I see it. Tiny. There's actually another one. Yeah, in the tree behind. Yeah, that, that's the one I found. Is, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. The, the closer one I haven't seen, but uh, they used to be pretty rare, but it's always been a stronghold here. That's oh, it's great to hear it actually, because it's a while since since I moved off the hill. I haven't heard it. Yeah, it's obviously not in the habitat. But sounds like marsh tit. You can hear a marsh tit as well. Sounds like it. I'm not 100% sure yet. But it sounded like something went pchew. Little sneeze. Well, it's um, actually only found in woodland, but you can use the name. So it goes into a marsh, catches a cold, and goes pchew. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, so, uh, really, like willow warblers, I hardly ever see in willows. Yeah, yeah. At least willow warbler has some connection to willow trees. Hello there. Hello there. As for the garden warbler, the, the less said. Well... Do you have one in your garden? I bet you have. I've never, you? nope, never had one in my garden. The name actually is I from actually the German. I actually have had a garden warbler. It's from the German. Is it? Well, Garten? I think it's Garten. Oh, no, hang on. Um, yeah, I think it's, um, what is it called? I can't remember. In, um, in French, it's called Fauvet de Jardin. So it may be the, from the French name. Fauvet. But that's still Fauvet is gardens. A, Jardin. Uh, yeah, Jardin being garden. Fauvet is just the name for a warbler. Mm-hmm. Um, Sylvia warbler, as we call them. And I think uh, the British name is just a translation because it's such an obscure bird. 
It's not really very well known to... The Garden Warbler. Yeah. yeah. It's got a great song. What I'm yeah, saying yeah. is that when it came to naming books, oh, I see, I see, yeah. it doesn't have a folk name. Yeah. Because they probably didn't even know what it was. I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's one of those that sort of Gilbert White would have It was overlooked. Yeah. Yes, I mean, Gilbert White was the first person to distinguish between wood, warbler, shift, chaff and willow. Yeah. Warbler. First person who could be bothered. <laughs> well, true. Um, this is great. We've got yeah, this I mean, we forget that you know, most people back in his time were trying to survive most of the time. Yeah. And there were still famines, weren't there? I think yeah. in Gilbert White's time, occasionally. It was, it was the vicar who had time to... The reverend. Oh, now I've got to call him a curate. OK, well, you know... Curate, you, you, you know, well, you know... Being married to... A, I'm to married a, to a vicar, so yeah. I do know there's a difference between a vicar and a curate. And he was a curate and not a vicar. He didn't graduate, so to speak, to being a, a vicar. I see. A curate. These things are, you know, important. quite important yeah, in the C of E, you know. <laughs> Normally it's very unusual. Out of line oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, Fergus, you. Yeah. I'm, I'm the one who mustn't step out of line. Excommunicated. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, they don't do that in the <laughs> not from Not from the C of E, no. No, we, we'll, we welcome all comers, actually. Okay. <laughs> it's a broad church, C of E. We've still got the firecrest here. It's great. Mm. That's a really, that's I'm really pleased because that's a that's a, a long time since I've heard one. Great. Oh, this is a very good place for them. Yeah. yeah. Really cool. Yeah. Well, it's uh, it's nice. It feels familiar and uh, yeah, great. Okay. Well, we can, Excellent. Uh, okay. You know, I won't I won't squint into. I've got to do something about my eyes. I think I just need a better pair of glasses. Mm. Or just I couldn't better. hear that firecrest. You all. couldn't hear it. Oh. Not a scrap. I might hear it on the. I'm not going to listen to the podcast, obviously. Yeah, well, you're going to broadcast it widely, to, <laughs> widely and wildly. So it depends whether there's followers. anything. In back. It'd be nice to get the noise, but it hasn't been very noisy. Can you, can you do a stock dove? That's it. Anyway, so now we're looking at a stock dove, and they live here. Well, you've, you've got it on the. I have it in the scope. Do you want to have a look through? You can Wonderful. record and look through. Oh, amazing. And so oh, this, um, gosh. I've got to get one of these scopes. Yeah. Yeah, you should. I think Country Farm Mag... Well, I can't even to, see where... I to buy it for you, really. <laughs> it's at the top of this huge... I think oh, I see. I see. Right. Maybe okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. It might be a redwood. Yes, it's just sitting on it. It's quite it's now quite obvious now. Cause it, it's but, incredibly obvious in the start, actually. I know, but then we, you know, we, we've, got a, we've got a golfing, golfing class. <laughs> but... Um, yeah. What it is is it's got its black eye, hasn't it? And then that's correct. It has um, how would you describe that? It's sort of mauvey, purpley, yeah. upper chest area. Very tasteful. Yes, that, that colour. That, that colour. Yeah, because yeah. it's a bit sort of off, and it lacks the white neck patch of the wood pigeon, which is close to its relative. Slightly smaller than a wood pigeon. Con- considerably smaller, like a wood pigeon that's been on a serious crash diet. Yeah, I see, I see. Slim down, very Slim down, and it's got this beautiful, easily overheard um, song, which is rather disapproving tone. I always think it's the kind of... It's a lovely sound. The aunt who doesn't approve of the length of your skirt. (laughs) So you can walk in... I'll have to listen out for that. And then you've got the... It's a great tick going. There is... So I have um I've long had a 
a way of remembering the the songs of um, of the pigeons. So so you you got the wood pigeon, which is a little bit um, slightly suggestive joke, and yeah. then it laughs at its own joke. So it goes oh 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 then you've got the stock dove that thoroughly disapproves. And then you've got the feral pigeon also disapproving, but has a stammer. So it goes, ooh, ooh, ooh. And then you've got the collared dove that's heard it before. So it just goes, <laughs> like that. Good Hello, morning. Hi there. Um, so. You're getting an audience now. I, get, I know, sort of it's all sort of getting a little slightly embarrassed. Our turtle love doesn't, is extinct virtually, so that, you, know, you don't can, hear can, that can at all. It? No, it just... It's <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's well, Why did you ask me if you're perfectly good at doing the full set? I can't do the full set. <laughs> I can do the four. So, yeah, yeah. Stint, that's really sad. Yeah, uh, I, I don't feel very optimistic for Total Loves, I'm afraid. In I this country, and, are they surviving? Oh, no. Well, doing all right I think they're now globally, uh, they might be moved into a new category, I'm not sure. Near threatened. Right, do you think they're going to go? They will we'll lose them in the UK. <sighs> probably, I'm afraid. I don't want to say that in a sense, but you know, if you if you had to do sort of betting about what would be the next bird to become extinct in Britain, um, turtle dove would be in your top five, I think. Mainly sad. the rate of decline and being a migrant, yes, which is get shot rate, on the way. Beautiful little thing, it really is. It's a stunning bird, and I mean, it's just unbelievable that people want to shoot it, but you know, that's another. It's still being shot, yeah. Yeah, I mean, being shot in large numbers. People talk about preserving traditions well. But also. That one, perhaps we could all do without. Yeah, that's not a particular one. Hello, good morning. Uh, we're actually looking at the stock dove on the top of that tree. We've had hawfinch and uh, a few other good things. Really? Yeah, lots of birds. Marsh harrier over. And crossbill we've had. Don't you worry. No, no, no problem at all. No, you're fine. No worries. Sorry. But this is actually really important. Places like the New Forest have... It's very easy to um, get hot under the collar about people who don't think the way we do. Mm. And you might get a mountain biker or something comes through and churns up the mud. But that mountain biker actually may not realise. Mm. So you've got to... You know, and the fact that they're here means that they like, love the place yeah, and exactly. they may take yeah. an action somewhere down the line. They may do it some, somewhere down they the may, line. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, actually, that's something I wanted to mention. That, um, we were talking about our, our politicians and our government, and we have to remember their people as well. Mm. There's a nut hatch singing. Wee, wee, wee. That's better. It answered you. It answered me and not you, Fergus. Did you notice that? Yeah. Well, I did it in Welsh. Uh, that is true, yes, yes. Um, I think it was down to the quality of imitation, actually. <laughs> I don't want to point that out to listeners. They can make their own minds up. They well, I've I've, I've put my my opinion forward there. There's another crest <laughs> here. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah, um, there's a, oh, there's a dunnock actually. Yeah. Yeah. 
So much more interesting than my opinion on politicians anyway. Well, we could do, but you would say they're they're not... They're They're not, they are people need to be treated like people and they need to be won over, not always criticised. Yeah. Nut hat singing. How do you win over a politician? Well, I don't think I've probably ever won over a politician, but I'm... If you're persistent, you can... I mean, how many people out there have ever spoken to their local MP? MPs do listen to their constituents. They really do. Why would you be an MP otherwise? You're not. Yeah. Chances are you won't be Prime Minister so or even in the it. government. Most yeah. of them are not in government. So they are, most of them, probably all of them, go into politics because they want to make a difference. And the difference that they make will partly depend on what people say to them. Good point. So don't slam them. No, Try I Try and win well, them round to your arguments or... or We'll even call it an argument, say, have you considered this? This is important. Go and see them, treat them like a person. And if you if you care passionately about something, they'll they'll take that on board. They may disagree with you, of course. Yeah, yeah. Which of course they're entitled to do. And this is the other thing. People got to be learn how to disagree and not fight about stuff. Yeah. If you get angry, you you probably won't get yeah. anywhere. Okay. That's different to companies. Companies often react when they're shamed. Yeah. And sometimes they deserve to be shamed, and that's different. And then you're looking at a corporate thing. Yeah, it's about I don't PR. treat them the same way. Um, so, for example, if a company wants to put up fencing to, or netting to stop birds nesting, yeah. they absolutely should slam them. We have a stock dove agreeing with us here. Stock dove. I hope, that is, I hope you could hear that. It'll go again. Hear There's that? so much going on. Can you hear the stock now? Not right now. Um, oh, yes. Very soft. Very soft. And we've got a gold crest here, which I'm very happy to say Dom can hear. Some of it. <laughs> yeah. It's all wheedling. Oh, I can hear that perfectly well, yeah. Well, that's good. And it's in a conifer. This is a western hemlock, I think. Is that what you call this one? Oh, yeah. There the is. The bird's really close, yeah. yeah. Just um, maybe uh, five metres above us. And it's feeding in the um, needles, and the bill is super thin so that yeah. it can feed right in the gaps between needles. And even in the snow, it can feed because it can reach... And it's finding little tiny invertebrates in there, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, tiny invertebrates. Even scale insects, things like scale that. Scale insects, so they're things that cling to the needles. Mm. And um, it'll even eat, um, subsist partly on things like the eggs of Lepidoptera. Oh, really? As, as can oh, really? Uh, long-tailed tits, so... Wow, so they're just... But they've got to keep looking. Incredibly small yeah. items, and yet nothing else eats them. Yeah. And so there's enough to sustain it. So it's a ridiculous little bird, and you can get almost the Arctic Circle. And it's, um, I don't know, seven centimetres long or something like that. And um, absolutely minute, smallest bird in Europe. It's smaller than the firecrest. Well, it's the same size same as the firecrest, okay. so they're yeah, both just the smallest so. bird in Europe. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, it's uh, a, an absolute niche specialist, this thing. The, um, that's great. Hi, Crest. Come on, Goldcrest. 
Oh, anyway, a comparison of two crests. Mm. So one's cyclical. Yeah. They flourish. So deedly, 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 deedly. And the far crest is a gold crest in a hurry. Yeah. Accelerating. Yeah, so it's much urgent. quicker. Yeah, yeah it's, it drives a Ferrari rather than a VW up. Yeah, fantastic. So can you find these birds across the forests? Cause yep, everything uh, we've seen. If you go anywhere in the forest. Multiple sites, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, Four finches are pretty difficult, but just to the south of here there's a roost site. Right. Uh, so if I stayed here tonight. Oh. Yes. So you might... Well, obviously, hawfinches don't like you, Fergus, because they take one look at you and fly off. Because two days ago, I had about 20 observations in the time we've been yeah. out, and today, two. 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 Well. So the only factor that's different... <laughs> yeah, OK. Is you. It seems to have cropped up rather a lot. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah I think there's something you need to... Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll work think. on my... Hawfinch camouflage. Well, it's not just hawfinches. Maybe it's coming a bright orange. <laughs> yeah, I think it's this is. Yeah, I got to look deep inside there, Fergus. <laughs> see what that is. What is it about hawfinches? Could yeah. be that. Uh, they're very shy, and so maybe they don't like they, being. They live podcast. in the can- They live in the canopy. Well, they? they'll be feeding on the ground. Right, uh, they feed on the ground. So frequently feed on the ground. But they actually... What are they eating during the summer when there's no, no seeds? Insects of all things. Right. So they... But they take cherries. So they'll take the stones and... They've got a remarkably diverse diet. You have this enormous bill. And yet, they will take stuff that's not associated with that bill. Yeah. So they'll take oh, insects. Caterpillar. yeah. Caterpillars, maybe. They eat beetles, which obviously have a... If you have a... Heavy bill, that's ideal for cracking the carapace of beetles. And they'll take, yeah, they'll take soft-bodied insects. They also take buds. It's like having a very specialised gardening tool and using it to cut your grass or something. (laughs) It feels like, why have this amazing bill when you're actually going to eat insects part of the year? But, but, then, but then I suppose the specialism gives them an advantage yeah, in winter. It gives okay. them advantage when it matters, yeah, yeah, that's right. And so they can crack things that nothing else can crack. Yeah, uh, well, we have to crack the hawfinch. Yes, the crossbill, which is here too, obviously, has a similar specialisation. Do, do crossbills breed in the depths of winter? Yes. Here in the forest they breed, I think, mainly in February. February, okay, yeah. so not, not so It's when the cones are, are opening. Ah, okay. They like spruces as well. So they can, they feed their young. The on seeds. On the seeds. Of yes. Them. So you have an interesting distinction, actually, in finches. Chaffinches and bramblings feed their young on insects, um, whereas the other finches mainly on seeds. So goldfinches, particularly linnets, Basically, feed their young on seed paste that they mash up. We'd say mash up. And very few insects in the case of linnets, few more in the case of goldfinch. And, uh, but that's a little bit of a necessary extra. But they primarily just feed their young on mashed up seeds, which they regurgitate. I wouldn't necessarily want to be a Baby, young yeah. finch. I think I'd rather be a 
a young blue tits. At least you've got a lovely, juicy yeah. caterpillar. They look quite good, don't they? It's green. I can imagine green. getting, you know, I can imagine having a caterpillar like diet, can you? Yeah. yeah. And you have different species and different yeah. colours. So when you're young, you can have, oh, yeah. Daddy, can I have a yellow caterpillar today? <laughs> or a green one? It's no. Yeah. Sorry, you've got to have your greens. Here comes a hairy one. <laughs> yes, that's right. Um, so the uh, ecology of the finches is very different because uh, because uh, it's very easy to catch invertebrates in the summer. Uh, chaffinch can find all the food it needs in a very small territory, and so it's highly territorial. If you're a green finch, you can't find seeds in a very small area. You have to go out and forage. Yeah. And so they're much, much less territorial. In fact, they sometimes nest in these things called neighbourhood groups. And so they'll even forage together. Yeah, so they go out as a party and yeah. help each other. And so you've got a completely different ecology based on what you feed your young. We're back with the siskins here. We are. Again, the song hasn't improved much, has it? <laughs> Doing a more pathetic display. <laughs> I mean, it would Our not qualify for an Olympic team, would it? No. <laughs> Siskin. Does the whole finch have a song? Yes. A very bad song. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, the uh, call, as we know, is a sort of... Yeah. And it also goes... Like that. And so the song is basically... Like that. It's terrible. So, and, 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 and there is nothing written about the whole finch song. As far no, as well... You would really want to write a poem about it, you know, Ode to Hawfinch, yeah. Um, <laughs> well, we're back at the car park, which is filled up. Yeah. Um, I'm incredibly grateful for a brilliant morning's well, adventure. Well, lovely to see you fun. too. I'm not sure we kept on subject very well, did we? But uh, Well, that's all the, all the better. For, I might go for a little wonder, but... Um, we will do this again. Yeah. And, uh, Somebody's obviously <laughs> already have an opinion on this podcast, don't they? Well, maybe they were bitten by a hawfish. <laughs> they were, yes. Um, no, lovely to see you as well. Yeah. Look, there's a uh, red admiral flying over the blue turquoise yeah. car yeah. behind this dark car. Yeah, my eyes can't pick that up. That's really quite sad. We have sad middle-aged men. <laughs> My hearing's going, your sight's going. going. But we're very cool, by the way. If there's yeah. any younger people, yeah, you'd really, Extremely. You'd really want to be our us. friends. <laughs> people have been looking at <laughs> There's a buzzard up here. Yeah, please be our friends. We don't want to feel see the buzzard. Yeah, and that's the buzz. Yeah, now I'm going to stop yeah, It's been a pleasure to, to see you. Dominic, brilliant, and all power to your pen. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you very much indeed. Pen ebay motors is here for the ride with over 122 million parts you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly brake kits led headlights bumpers whatever your baby needs ebay motors has it and with ebay guaranteed fit it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time every time plus at these prices you're burning rubber not cash keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply Yes, that's two cool middle-aged men <laughs> out in the new forest. Uh, huge thank you to Dominic there. 
for that lovely adventure back in spring and I had a brilliant time with him. So that's part two of of an adventure I had. And the first one we published back in spring and that's number 148 if you want to hear the rest of the adventure. But just a lovely way of... I mean, Dominic's brilliant and his eyesight is incredible, but his understanding how he can just find birds and find wildlife anywhere uh, is a particularly rich part of the new forest there, Boulderwood. And just also lovely to bring a bit of that bird song into the dark days of autumn, which is where we are now. Also bringing light into the dark of autumn are my <laughs> podcast friends and colleagues, Jack and Hannah, who join me in the studio. Hello, both. Hello. Hello. Did you find that useful for learning birdsong? Do you think it would be a useful way, Dominic's? I absolutely love that he's able to sort of pin these sounds to things we can remember really easily. Yeah. I find that was one of the most difficult things about for me to when I was learning birdsong trying to kind of differentiate the individual sounds from the kind of chorus of different things. So having those Mnemonics there's a word or that's the word yeah. yeah sort of having something to pin that sound to is so helpful and you end up it ends up being second nature because You've got it there. Jack, how are you with birdsong these days? Is it, is it growing repertoire? or uh, We're getting there. <laughs> we have to have more works. To, we, have to, we have to have more walks out together. Oh, definitely. It's, I, since doing this, I've learned more. But I think, like I said, it's probably having that sort of technique is a quicker way of taking them all in. Because uh, I think it is a case of what I've had to do is you just listen and then soon you just remember that that is the sound of that whereas with this obviously you're making it easier to remember that so that that process of linking that name of the bird to that sound becomes a bit quicker yeah it took me a long time i mean i'm, I'm in no way near dominic's class but i can generally get most bird songs uh, when when i'm out in spring but it took me a long time of going to the local park or just listening in the garden and isolating the day and now i they're all it sounds like completely different voices to mm. me and I think it's just one of those things. It's like learning. It's like learning a language, and it's sort of like a superpower as well. Like you can, you <laughs> yes, can know that something is there without seeing it, which I think is kind of a brilliant. Well, as my eyesight declines, <laughs> <laughs> I can walk through a woodland and pretty much tell what's there. Mm. Uh, it, it's the it's the little tiny calls that are the difficult ones, the sort of contact calls or flight calls, which someone like Dominic will be able to go. Oh, that's that is a hawfinch, and I'll go. That probably sounds like a chaffinch to me, or some. So it's it's that's the different level of of. But obviously, this time of year, there's not a lot of birdsong. However, I really liked. So robins are singing now. Robins sing all year round, and they're really prominent. So if you go out anywhere where there's sort of woodland, hedge, garden, park, you'll hear robins singing wistfully, and it's a really good time to learn robins. And I thought Dominic's way of learning it as a question and answer. That's absolutely lovely so funny and uh so so clever so go out and ask questions of your local robins and <laughs> listen for the answers i hope you get good answers positive answers <laughs> but of course it is getting dark the, the, as we record this the clocks went back didn't mm. they i'm not sure about this lovely extra hour in bed but yeah the darkness a, does sort of take away from it's a tiny <laughs> tiny gain isn't it i mean it's lovely when you can sort of roll over and get oh brilliant it's a but that hour goes by relatively quickly and then we've got this sort of plunge into darkness at half past four where we are in the west country and i mean every evening so far it's rained yeah, yeah. it's, it's just, just been pitiful horrible. 
wouldn't it be better to just keep the summertime vibe going? Are you? How do you both feel on it? Are you I'm so, absolutely on the fence. I don't feel I don't, strongly you, either way. Really? Yeah. Okay, gosh, I feel really strongly about it. I'd rather start in the dark and have a longer day than because then you have the whole joy of dawn and light coming. But then getting ready in the dark is just miserable. Okay, yeah, true. I, I think, personally, I think it's still good. I know there, there's, there was reasons for it. I think, yes, maybe then it, it doesn't fit those reasons anymore. I think having just that bit more lightness in the morning, just to wake you up, it makes you feel a bit better than it being darker later into the morning. And uh, as it gets to the festive season... You need that sun to go down for the Christmas lights to yeah, that's have true. their full effect. Well, they'll still come on at half past five. It's not like it's... A... Well, I, I want the full effect. I want darkness. <laughs> oh, I, I think it's many hours of Christmas. I would have a compromise and put it back to the end of November. I thought you'd say half an hour. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah. It's 27 minutes. No, put it back to the end of November and then bring it back again in February. So you only have three months of sort of real darkness instead of five months, which is to my mind utterly unacceptable but then i guess also certain animals and stuff come out in the dark and now's the time of year where mm, you potentially you get, get more of a chance to see them because it's that starting true. earlier true although they're all going into hibernation some of them that, but yeah, they, yeah yeah but not yeah. yet <laughs> okay all right yeah so it does mean that there's less time to go out and enjoy do some of these adventures and garden and it's wetter and wilder what do you do? What do you guys do to cope with the dark evenings? Do you enjoy the dark evenings of winter? I enjoy the coziness the darkness brings yeah. when you're inside. Well, do you um, light the fire and sort of get your knitting out? Or I, I just like to have a just you know chill, but have a little hot. Okay, chocolate. so no pressure to do anything. No, just relax. I, don't, I can't do that all the time, but sometimes that's just nice, and it's you're spending time with people you live with. And I think that's important, and just to have time together where you you can't really go out and you can crack can't do anything or anything. Yeah, yeah, that's a lovely thing. I think that's really nice. And on the flip side, I do kind of like if it's that's one of the sort of evenings where it's really crisp, cold, not yeah. necessarily wet, <laughs> but sort of that crisp coldness that is just kind of nice to get out, sort of feel a bit chilly, get the sort of air through you, and then. When you go back inside, you sort of appreciate the warmth and yeah, all that stuff even that's more. that's definitely a thing that I do when it's like really, really dark and really miserable. It's like, go out, come back in again and appreciate how kind of warm and dry and bright it is inside. Yeah, true. I can I can understand that. There's a lovely being enveloped by the warmth of a, of a, you know, a nice thick dressing gown. Yeah, and I, <laughs> like dressing gown, slippers Yeah, by the fire with a nice book. And I think it gets you excited then. You're excited for spring, you're excited for summer. You've kind of, you've you reached a limit of how much you want to stay inside yeah. and how much you want to stay cooped up. And then when the weather starts to kind of go and everything starts chirping off again, yeah. you're ready to go and you kind of, okay. the excitement well, You're winning that. me over. I mean, I do like the coziness and there is something nice about a really rainy day where you can't do anything mm. but just do a bit of cooking or sit, sit vegetating, reading a book. Or, or whatever but um, it's nice that we're all snuggled up in a blanket today well that's great yeah yeah thank you for knitting this really large you're blanket yeah, we all are all under well tell us about what your your tricks for getting through winter are and cosy thoughts for november and december you can email me editor at countryfile.com and i love getting your emails in fact we are now giving out a book each week so we are looking you know we, we would love to get your emails we also like to get any sounds that you've recorded of the countryside 
And you can send them to the same email address, editor at countryfile.com. And the best one uh, going forward, we'll get a book. So next week, if we get one that we love, is I've got a great book here, which is all about darkness. And it's called Under the Stars by Metcore, A Journey into Light. So it's all about looking for, really about sort of, I've read this book. It's brilliant. It's about finding darkness in the countryside, true darkness, which is very hard to find these days with so much artificial light. But it's about trying to find what our ancestors would have found, you know, just looking up and seeing the skies full of starlight and moonlight. And there's a really interesting bit about he finds a place that's truly dark. And it's one of the most terrifying bits of nature writing I've ever read. So it's a brilliant book. And we're going to give this one away to the next email of the week or podcast post bag winner of the week. So look, look out for that in our next episode. And there's plenty of books in the podcast library. Oh, podcast so library. keep the letters coming in. We're ready. Before we go, I've, I think I should tell you, I have found something slightly unusual in the podcast post bag this week. Thank you. It is. It's not a letter. It's not an email. It's not. It's not a review. It's, it's a. It's a piece of cheese. It's a wedge of cheese. <laughs> it's a, it's a, a piece of cheese. Beautiful <laughs> cheese. Um, this is amazing. It's been sent to us by the organisers of the British Cheese Awards. Thank you so much. It's beautiful. Um, they well, they've they've sent us the Supreme Champion 2022. So this is called Ashcombe, which is made by Gloucestershire-based Kingstone Dairy. And they've sent it to us to taste. And apparently it's a Morbier-style cheese. So do you know? Do you guys know? Have you ever tried a Morbier? No. So it's... No, no. I've not, no. Okay, it's... I mean, I've had a few times. In um, fact, I've got a story very quickly. <laughs> I, I went on a camp van trip around France for about four months. And I was bet whether I could eat 100 French cheeses. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and uh, if you don't have a fridge on in a camp van, it's, that's, a, that's a hard challenge. Anyway, I did manage it. Morbier is one of them. And Morbier has this blue seam through the middle. So it's sort of very thick rind and yellow, yellowy cheese with yellow, creamy yellow cheese with a blue seam of, of mould. Now, this has a seam through the middle which says it's wood ash. Mm. I'm sort of salivating. We've got some crackers. We've got some cheese. Should we try it and Let's... see what the supreme champion, the best cheese in Britain, according to the British Cheese Awards, and they should know. So I'm unwrapping it here has got that beautiful seam it's sort of creamy yellow golden cheese with a lovely lovely rind of sort of authentic what does it smell like hannah do you want to have a little whiff i'm it getting look, it looks like if you took a negative of a victoria sandwich oh my goodness it does <laughs> yes that's right it's got slightly brie smelling have a whiff i was expecting it to be really like really pongy. really cheesy yeah. smelling but it's quite mild it's not yeah it's not well, look, we've got some crackers, so let's let's without further ado, let's get to this. Let's hack some bits off. I'm going to go for the nose end. I know that's like a crime in it some is. circles, but we've not got all day. Hannah, there we go. Thank There's you very much. Cracker skews fingers. Jack, uh, we're not going to munch right close to the microphone because nobody wants that. Excuse fingers, Jack. It's very rough. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Nice big piece for you. Mm, this cheese really tastes like Fergus's fingers. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, that's uh, that that's was, a cheese of its own. That was runner up. <laughs> that was runner up. Um, mm, that's my sort of cheese. Mm. Not really strong flavoured, but lots of depth. And, mm. Very smooth. Very smooth. Smooth very and creamy. Smooth. Definitely serving it at room temperature helps. I'm not getting tons of that sort of 
ashy centre, but I guess that's part of the rounded flavour. But wow. Mm. Well, congratulations to Kingstone Dairy for winning Supreme Champion with this delicious cheese. Delicious cheese. Wallace would be very jealous. (laughs) (laughs) Well, from three cheese eaters in the little room in Bristol, that's all for this week. But for now, it's goodbye from me and the team.